0: Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have actress Fala Evans-Akingbola, and I'm so excited to have her here. You've seen her on things like Game of Thrones and Siren, and we're here to talk about... 10%, which she is so funny in. It's a great show, and I don't know if you've seen the French original, but it's really funny, and it's so honest about this business, and she's so great in it, and I loved watching her character. I'm so grateful for her time. Here it is. Fola Evans-Akimbola, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: It's so great to have you here. I, I loved your show, 10%, and you're so good in that because, like, it, it, you know, I, I don't think we're giving anything away, but, you know, you, you play someone who is dealing with the journey in that show. So yeah. it's kind of like a, a meta commentary on a show <laughs> about the industry uh, with an actress doing it. And you're so good in it. And it's just right. like you, you're, you're rooting for your character because there's a lot of character with flaws in there. But you're amazing in that. And, and you've done Siren and then Game of Thrones. I mean, your career is incredible.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was, you're right, it was very uh, like meta that to, to be doing like 10%. And even when I got that audition through, and because I was a big fan of the French one already. So to get the audition through and be like, oh, I'm auditioning for to play an actress. And then in, in the audition, like my audition for the show, included an audition scene, like one of Zoe's audition scenes. So I was auditioning with an audition scene to audition for the show.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's incredible. It doesn't get any more meta than that. But I'm super excited to talk about the show. But if it's okay with you, can we start from the beginning? Where did you grow
1: up? Sure. I grew up in southeast London in Bermondsey, um, which is near like the River Thames, and then moved out to a place called Honorate Park when I went to, My family moved there when I went to secondary school in Dulwich. So, but I'm always a Southeast London girl. I think I will never. I don't think I could ever imagine living in in like North London or West London. Londoners are funny like that. Where are you based?
0: I live in New York City, but I'm in Virginia visiting my mother right now. But do you do you still like live in London then when you're not working?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm still based in Southeast London. I'm like. 10 minute walk from my mum's house and like it's yeah it's I'm a very I like to be sort of close to all all my people but Londoners are funny we're sort of like North Londoners and North Londoners are like oh you live south of the river and South Londoners are like oh north of the river
0: (laughs) oh wow I didn't know about the like geographic I mean, I guess like West London is pretty bougie, right? Yes. And yes,
1: then exactly. East
0: London is now artsy, right? Yeah, I got the yeah. edge.
1: Yeah, and then Southeast is just I don't know whatever people think of Southeast, but we love it. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> um, I'm so I hope we make your your home neighborhood proud today. And yeah. uh, tell me what did what did your parents do? Are they artists?
1: Yeah. So my dad is a composer, a musician, um, and my mum is an anthropologist. So I, you know, I. I think I had the luxury of growing up in a household where, um, anything was an option for us in terms of what we wanted to do for work. Um, and my, having seen my dad have a career in the, mu- in the music industry, um, it wasn't, it never kind of crossed my mind that it's not possible to do that. I think I was very lucky in that sense. Cause I know a lot of artists have that hurdle of like um, oh, you can't get these kind of ideas of like, you can't make money as an artist, you can't make a career as an artist. But because I didn't grow up with that as a blueprint, I feel very fortunate about that. And then, yeah, my mom's an anthropologist.
0: Wow. And then, obviously, having a father who's literally a composer, you know, where the arts introduced you at a pretty young age?
1: Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, as early as I can remember, me and my, so I have an older sister as well. And yeah, I think we just grew up in a house where, all sorts of different music was constantly playing. Uh, my dad was going on tour, so we'd get to go and see his, his performances. And um, then my un- my uncle on my dad's side is an actor. And then my uncles on my mum's side uh, are like cameramen and editors. So I definitely have felt lucky to get to be kind of tapped into um, so many different creative people.
0: That's incredible. And I, I'm so glad you had that. Did- did you play music?
1: <laughs> um, I, 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 yeah, when I was little, I did, I did the violin and I did the piano, but I was just that, that classic, like I didn't practice. And my mum, yeah. my mom and dad, more my mom, like really tried to get me to practice. And it just got to that point where she was like, okay, I'm giving up if you don't want to do this. And I think my dad sort of, I kind of wish he had been a bit more like of a tiger parent with yeah, it. because It would totally. be awesome to be able to play in a musician. To be to be able to play an instrument now. But I think he sort of took the opposite because he's a musician, he sort of took the opposite tack. He was just like well, if they take to it, they take to it. But my sister has a, like a beautiful voice, and she can play the piano, but not me. Do isn't you play it, an instrument?
0: No, but isn't it interesting how like once you get in your thirties, you know, you you start to think of like, man, all those things my parents told me to do that I didn't want to do. I like, I'd kill to speak another language. I'd kill to me play too. the violin. Like, yeah. I should, I should have studied more because like education, so you know, it's just like you, you really start to learn. It's like. It, it, you're young so you're just like uh, you just want to play and have
1: fun exactly exactly it just wasn't I I just sort of I I, and that's the thing I think I love music and I have such an appreciation for it and it's sort of in my bones in that sense but I just can't play any instruments but I I love I love music so I guess at least I've inherited that
0: that's incredible. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, and maybe I'll see you in a musical soon.
1: Who oh, knows? gosh. I'd have to have singing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> but, I would love uh, that, though.
0: Hey, Garfield did it. You could do it, you know? Could he but, not sing but, before? No, he, he got lessons for that.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: yeah. That was like part of... I, I mean, look, he's incredible in the film, but I think that was part of what helped the Oscar momentum because he wasn't a singer. And he what? learned just for that role.
1: Oh, my gosh. That gives us all hope. I know! <laughs> if you
0: have lots of money and can hire a singer in a studio pay for it, do it. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> but uh, t- t- tell me then, at-, at what point did acting, you know, start to come into, I mean, obviously the UK, theater, there's so much, but like, where did the discovery happen?
1: Um... I mean, my sister and I did a lot of acting when we were little. We were both part of something called Jasper Youth Theatre in Dulwich. And, but then when I, that was like under the age of 11, right? Really like young. And I, I loved it. Um, I absolutely loved it. But then when I went to secondary school, um, I don't know why, but I just, I completely stopped all performing arts. I did, I was a sports scholar, so I did a lot of sport and it was a very academic school. So that's what I focused on. Um, but I didn't do any acting. Like if you said to some of the people that I went to school with that I'm an actor now, they'd be like, Really? Like she did no acting. And so like that's really random. Yeah. Um and so then when I left school, I was um in school,
0: it, are you were you talking about like grammar
1: secondary school? school? Secondary um, school. Okay. Uh, what do you got A high school? Yeah, okay, cool. What you call it, yeah. Um so when I was 18 and I left school, um, I, I, it got to a point where my mum had sort of noticed, you know, I was trying to find myself a bit and my mum said, why don't you like try and find a hobby that you do just for yourself? Like doesn't have to be about uh, being productive or making money or, uh, you know, just something that you enjoy doing just for the sheer joy of it. I was like, okay, then I'll try an acting class again. And, and that's sort of how it started. I did a, acting class at a place called City Lit in London and it was literally just like a really small part-time thing but then I loved it and so then I did another one and then I did uh like a summer course at Lambda one of our drama schools and yeah. then I auditioned. One of the best. Yeah, yeah it's so amazing yeah. Lambda. Um and then I auditioned for National Youth Theatre and that I think auditioning for National Youth Theatre I kind of thought it was a bit of a like shot in the dark. I was like, well, let's see. It And it was your um, first go? Yeah, it was my first go. Wow. Um, I think Daisy did. did, did I do yeah. know what National Youth Theatre is.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah of uh, course. it's okay. massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, sorry, I didn't want to. I didn't want to assume. Um, and and so when I got in, I was sort of, I was like, oh, okay, that that's a like a good sign. And I think it was that it was then that I really stopped thinking of it as uh, as just a hobby and started to think that oh, maybe I could could do this. And, um, at the same time I had started a place called identity drama school, which is run by Femi Oguns who's my agent now. And, um, through those classes, he signed me to the agency and, and then I started auditioning. And so it, it, it happened quite organically for me, for me yeah. which I feel very if, lucky if, about.
0: If you don't mind me asking how long, like between that getting in and, and getting signed, are we talking about
1: uh like joining identity drama school? Yeah. Um it was probably 3 months.
0: Oh, so it happened really quick?
1: Yeah, it happened pretty quickly and uh and I think that's the thing that's why I'm always and what you do with this with the show so so great and so fascinating is everyone's journey is different, totally. right? And so I think when people sometimes people might ask me you know about oh, how did you get an agent and this kind of thing? And I, and I, I'm very aware of the fact that I don't, I actually have no idea how you get an agent. Yeah. I, I've been I, like, I actually have no idea. I I was very lucky to just be in the right place at the right time. And he, he, and he signed me and I, and I'm very grateful for that. And so lucky for that, but I'm sort of rubbish at giving advice about how you would actually pursue getting an agent for yourself, which I know, so, I, I hope that doesn't sound, uh, like, no, it's, it's very awesome. self-aware just,
0: and honest. And I appreciate yeah. the candor and it is different for everybody and there is no right way. And for those listening, it doesn't make sense. And yeah. I, I I I encourage people to, the way I always give advice to actors is if you pursue this business, like having an agent is never going to happen, you'll find yourself much better off because mm. it's it, it makes no sense because they want you to be getting roles so like if if you approach it like you can't get one and you got to find your way of building rapport with casting directors when you do get one because you will get one you're going to be so much better off
1: yeah that's great that's great advice that's really great advice I
0: hope so but uh <laughs> yeah but uh then tell me so once you got signed was it pretty instantaneous that you started getting called in
1: um yeah, I, w- I started getting auditions uh pretty well, but it wasn't it wasn't kind of like an instant like, okay, booking after booking it. You know, it took a bit of time and, you know, figuring out, gosh, the audition process and and uh what what kind of that what that all means. And I, I had a couple of sort of early close calls to big things, but that uh-huh. that I think in hindsight I wouldn't have been ready for at all. Um and so in the end, it was sort of nice to have a, and I still feel like I'm not having a slow build. Like my first job was a pro, a show called Holby City, which I think every British actor has like Holby City and The Bill is like their first. Oh, it's like R-S-V-U. Yes.
0: yes. Yeah, yeah. Which exactly. I just did. <laughs> oh, did you? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was yeah. it? It was Fun. cool. I mean, you know, it's cool as four sentences gets.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, But you know what it is? It's like, it's something i think because it was my first project and it's for the bbc um and i grew up in a house where like the bbc and the guardian newspaper were such like you know they're like british institutions so totally. getting yeah. in, getting my first job uh, on the bbc i was just i was just thrilled to be working for the bbc and and um it was also the first time that i really was on a a big set and and fell in love with the um collaborative nature of film and TV work, how it takes a village and we're all cogs in the machine and no one is more important than anyone else. That like, if us actors aren't lit correctly, then if the focus puller isn't doing their job, then it doesn't matter. Like that we're all kind of working together. And I really fell in love with actually the kind of behind the camera aspect of what we do as well. The wow. story, like how it takes us all to make to make the story. Um, and, and then from that, I just, I I guess each job, of course, with everyone, right, each job just sort of builds and leads to the next one. And, uh, then I did Death in Paradise for the BBC, which was a bit more of a, I had a few more episodes in that. So that again, gave me a bit more, um, experience and then I, and Game of Thrones came. Yeah.
0: And then, I mean, uh, we can't gloss over that. How did that feel?
1: that I so I my agent Femi called me to say that I booked Game of Thrones whilst I was shooting Death in Paradise which is a show that shoots in Guadeloupe um in the Caribbean which is very lovely very lush uh, and he called me and he our, the wi-fi was a bit a bit funny and he was like he always likes to sort of tell you the news in a funny way so he was like we couldn't hear each other and he was like hopefully the wi-fi is better in Spain and I was like what and he was like hopefully the wi-fi is better in Spain and I was like and i knew that game of thrones was shot in spain yeah. and i was like ah! then he told me that i got it and i was it's it's the kind of thing where you know my character you know she it wasn't kind of a huge role but i'm a big believer that just being a part of such quality tv yeah. such amazing storytelling being surrounded by just, you know, that, that's an Emmy-winning show.
0: I mean, that costs I mean, three, uh, I don't know, $30 million an episode. I mean, nobody gets that kind of experience. Exactly. They, they, that sets are like, you know, it's like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's like, exactly. it, in the history of Hollywood, it doesn't get bigger than that, you know?
1: Exactly. So it was really, it felt really awesome. And I think, even funnily enough, even though, um, you know, I think the, The on my IMDb it just says like Morrow's wife number one, and I had lines, but and I had a few episodes, but it wasn't like a named character. But it did, I think it did have an effect. Being a part of Game of Thrones on my CV did then have a um, a positive effect on the trajectory of what happened next for me in terms of booking slightly bigger roles. So So I think that leads or
0: or solid supporting started coming your way because of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like, I mean, you know, I know it's hard to sort of kind of analyze my own journey, but I I do think that once you're part of those shows that are known worldwide and known for being so good, it it does help.
0: Yeah, I fully, I mean, I mean, just to kind of briefly touch on for, you know, because obviously so many actors love that show, what was just the set experience like, you know, was that just, I mean, to see the, the machine cause they have like what five units shooting simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was in the space. So yeah, exactly. This. Some people were shooting in Belfast in Ireland. I was in Spain. Um, and it was epic. Like it was also epic cause it was a group of us. So we were uh, the new kind of Dothraki tribe. And so a group of us flew over. We were all in the same hotel, The costumes were just like you put them on instantly, and you just felt like, oh, like just a whole. All the work was done for you. All the work was done, exactly. It was so, you know, such talented um, people in the costume department. And then we had to learn um, Dothraki too. So we were all phonetically. Yeah. um, Wow. Yeah. I'm like, my brain, I can't remember any of it now, but we were all learning. So I've actually got a video still on my phone of us all like sitting in the hotel lobby practicing our lines in Dothraki, pr- practicing the scene in Dothraki and the, uh, uh, the
0: accent. Wait, so I'm, just so I can, is that a real language or one that was made up for the show?
1: It was made up for the show.
0: Wow. So, they, so like,
1: the, the accent seems... coach, uh, Jan, uh, I believe her name is Jan, she is who was teaching us. She was, she'd been on it for for a while and she worked closely with Amelia Clark. So she was the one who was really helping us learn it.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And... Yeah. I mean, then. So after that, what was interesting to you with these good roles coming in? You know, did you at that point, you know, because every actor wants to get to a point where they have a degree of choice. You know what I mean? Do you did you feel like you had um, a, pun intended agency, so to speak?
1: Um, interesting. I I don't know. I don't know. I think. You know, I've always heard that there's sort of those two schools of thought, right? The like Brian Cranston school of thought, which is take, take anything and everything and just get the experience. And then the Denzel Washington school of thought, which is be picky and specific from the beginning. Um, and I think I'm, I kind of lean somewhere in the middle, but probably a bit more towards Brian Cranston, definitely at that point and kind of still now. I just think, I also think you, you never know what's going to lead to something. Yeah. And you never know. Um yeah, you never know kind of who you might meet or might what you might learn. And I, I think I have also been quite lucky that for whatever reason, um I tend to like my agent had sorry, for whatever reason my agent always seemed to send things that that I would want to do anyway. Like it's rare that I get something that I'm like, oh this or yeah. oh this again like I haven't been I don't feel like I get kind of the same roles whereas I know a lot of I was actually speaking to a friend of mine he's a uh actor a uh, black guy and he definitely had in his 20s that thing of every audition was guy with a hoodie with a knife yeah. guy with a hoodie with a knife and it's, it's like exa- ridiculous and exhausting but I I have I think I have been lucky that I haven't sort of had that so I haven't necessarily had to um Kind of ask those questions of myself so much yeah. um, but maybe maybe that'll come, but I'm also you know of course you want to like this you want to like the script, and for me most important is actually who else is doing it who am I working with if it as you you know if it's I might have one line in in one scene but if if that scene is with uh, like I did an Apple TV show called trying and I got to do a scene with Rafe spore like I, I that to me is yeah I, I'm happy
0: (laughs) you know that's amazing and i I really appreciate the candor on that and and so then when you came back you know is that what led to siren
1: um what let's so actually um i was in la uh for for a pilot season and i booked a. so you uh,
0: i'm I'm sorry Uh, let me actually ask that so when you came back and you had game of thrones at that point because it did have I mean, it wasn't just America, it was the world. But with that kind of credit, did you start to feel like, okay, I need to, I maybe need to pursue this American, you know, because like so much of, not all the actors, but you know, there's the Hollywood thing and and HBO mm. is an American company. I mean, well, it's a worldwide one now, but you know, that that's where the casting happened. So was there like a moment where you're like, I, I have to go there?
1: Honestly, I think I can't speak for, for everyone, but I do think as a mixed race actress, that was from the beginning, there's always a sense that America is, is somewhere that we, um, that is beneficial for us to go from the beginning. And, and it's just a question of like when you'll go and when you'll try to get there, because as amazing, I love the British industry. I love the stories that come out of it. But there is this kind of um, sense of so much opportunity in America for actors of darker skin tones.
0: Yeah, um, especially with um, the. Air, I mean, it wasn't until Bridgerton where you saw people with darker skin tones in period pieces because yeah. history's racist. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly
1: yeah, yeah. right. And I think that's what's so nice is. Uh, I think that's what the UK industry is going to start to really do is look at do, do things like what Bridgerton has done, which is kind of more of a, um, I, I guess it, would that be, it's not even colorblind. It's just sort of, it's just saying, people are people, you people know, are people, right? yeah. um, but then also the fact that the UK has a lot of reckoning to do with the fact that we've pretended that black and brown people didn't exist in our history and they really did in real life like we don't have to there's an amazing book by this um i think she's from cambridge or oxford historian called uh, the black tudors and it's a his- history book it's a true book about all and each chapter is based on a different um person of history who existed in tudor england at the time but was uh, of, uh, of a darker skin tone and it's an amazing book because it blows it completely shatters that myth that like black and brown people are brand new in the uk Um, but I, I digress. Um, so, so I guess I'm saying, yeah, there was, there's always a sense that America is, is a interesting place to go and explore. So actually, um, I had, I had got a manager in America before I did Game of Thrones.
0: Wow. And when you got that manager, were you getting submitted or did you have to come to America first to audition?
1: Uh, a mixture of both a okay. mixture of both and then and then I did do that kind of pilot season thing and, in LA. Um, in LA and I I stayed with my uncle who's an actor too and so we did it together and it was I think very fondly of it like I kind of think of it as like a rite of passage of like yeah I've done a pilot season and it's like a boot camp and all the auditions that you get through and oh I, my first pilot season I remember my first audition it was like 12 pages and, and I tried to learn it all, and then I got in the audition and couldn't remember anything. And he, the casting director, was like, "You can read it off the page, you know." And I was like, "But I hadn't practiced that, so I just completely bombed the the, the audition." Um, as, as
0: we do at times, you know. Yes, <laughs> we can laugh about it now, but in the moment, they're just so traumatic, you know. Yeah, exactly. But how did it go for you for that that pilot season?
1: Yeah, it was it was good. So so looping back to to what you had asked me before. I, I booked a pilot for Hulu MGM. It was called Dawn uh, with um, Robert Stromberg, uh, who directed Maleficent, was the director, um, and we shot that in Ireland. And it was it was uh, it didn't go to season, but it was really fun. We we were playing kind of these warriors, early human warriors. Again, had to learn a different language because we weren't meant to be speaking English, and they shaved uh, the sides of my head for that. And that was my first like okay that was my first lead in a pilot or one of the leads sorry in a in a pilot um and then I think even just having got that 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 then helped be able to go up for something like Siren and I think also because I had my head my the sides of my hair shaved for that character I think it helped my character in Siren was meant to be a bit kind of a rebel and I think that helped with the audition <laughs>
0: Wow! so how long after pilot season did Siren happen
1: um so I shot that. I shot that MGM pilot in, uh, oh, when did, like May of that year, whatever year that was. I think 2016, and then I got okay. a Siren in September of 2016. The wow. pilot of Siren, yeah. And that was a pilot before it was a series. Yeah, we had to wait to find out if it was going to be a series. Yeah. And
0: how, how was that journey? You know, shooting a pilot and hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, that was that was a really interesting journey. A good learning experience, I think, that I try and will try to take throughout being in this industry is that we have to get that balance of of caring so much, investing so much, and then also letting go. Which I think is true for auditions too. I don't know how you feel. Like that you yeah. have to you have to care enough to put the work in and you gotta put, put put yourself into it, but then you also you have to have the ability to like not be too attached Throw it away
0: it's it's the hardest thing to do in the world
1: yeah i did you have like an audition um ritual like do you throw away your sight did you i do
0: yeah 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 and and like i try my best to i give it a 24 hour thing if i don't hear anything then i'm like it's on you know what Mm, i mean and yeah it's always it's it's i mean it's it i am I say that very easily, but i still my mind dwindles on it, you know, but I don't know how about you what do you do
1: yeah i'm the I'm the same I try to just really uh d- d- do it and then try as quickly as possible to put it out of my mind which which I do by trying to then focus on other things on my life as quickly as possible, but it is hard i think the hard it's easier to do that at the early stages. Yeah. when you're then getting, like, um, you know, if, if you get an audition and you're getting down to the last three, to the last two, then I can't even lie to you. I'm like, I, I'm hoping, you know, I, I find it hard to then let go of let go of it when you're that close yeah. to something.
0: Well, um, you, because, you know, we don't have a lot of time. I, I do want to talk about 10%. So tell me, you know, you did this amazing show for a, a lot of seasons and it was incredible and you're great. And yeah. then there's a show... That's in, uh, you know, net. Well, it was Netflix, right?
1: Call uh, my, temp, yeah. Call, uh, call my agent is Netflix. Yeah. Ten percent Br- British. Ten percent is Amazon.
0: Amazing. So then that happens. Uh, it's a hit show, and you know, are you still doing Siren at this point?
1: No, no, Siren was cancelled. Yeah.
0: So then you get the audition. How long after? Is there a, is there a break?
1: Yeah, Siren finished in twenty nineteen and I got the audition for Call My Agent at the beginning of 2021. Okay. So the pandemic was kind of... Yeah, everyone. The pandemic, I did um, an Apple TV show called Trying and then, and funnily enough, just quickly, going back to what I was saying about how you never know what's going to lead to what, in the pandemic, I auditioned for Trying. Um, and the casting director, amazing casting director Rachel Freck, cast me in Trying, and she also cast me in in Cormier, in Ten Percent. Like, and wow. I do, and I believe that she fought for me for that. So, you know, I think you know, it's easy to have been like, oh, okay, I did a couple of episodes of Trying, and but actually, I think it's like, I think I'm, I think you've got to know that each opportunity might lead to the next one. Yeah,
0: and then when you got that audition, speaking of like that being able to let things go, knowing that it was the adaptation of this hit show? Was there a lot of pressure?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of pressure, but Rachel Freck was very kind. And in the audition email, she put a lot of information for us actors. And she also put the links to John Morton's previous shows, W1A 2012, which I had been familiar with before. But she she said to us, she said in the notes, rhythm and pace is really important with this writing and then she put the links to his previous work and when i had read that note i thought okay yeah i know what she means and then i watched his previous work and i was like oh no they mean pace like got it but like not pace for the sake of pace but it's just his i think because my dad's a composer i think of it this way it's like a composition if you don't get the rhythm right with his writing it just doesn't take off and and by getting it right it makes your job easier we then yeah. don't have to do as much as actors cuz it's just so well written um so it's such a great metaphor of the music i appreciate that yeah yeah thank you so she she really helped with that and i i had a i had so much fun with that audition i had so much fun with it and of course i was I was really keen to get it, but a long time passed before I heard back. So really? I, heard, I, I thought, oh, okay, okay. How long are we you know? talking?
0: If you don't mind me asking.
1: In like audition world, I'd say it was over a month until oh, I heard so about really the a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then I did the callback and then still maybe two weeks until I heard I got the job or okay. two, three weeks. So yeah, it was, I kind of got used to being like, Oh, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not.
0: <laughs> but then when you did, did you get the, you know, the Wi-Fi Spain call again? You know, yes. well, this,
1: time, this time he just told me, I think he couldn't, he was just like, you got it. And I was, I was just thrilled. I was, I was so thrilled to be a part of that cast. And I, I actually hadn't, that's the first, oh no, in Hockey, in Hobby City, I did my own accent and then this call me in 10%. All my other jobs have been in an accent that's not mine. So it was also just something about like getting to play in my own accent, yeah. being part of this British cast, this great writing. I'm I feel very thankful to be a part of it, really.
0: And was this one of the ones you got all the scripts for or did you get it episode by episode?
1: Uh, they gave us a, a few of them up front, but then it was more episode by episode as they kept going. So we'd be on set, all of us, and being like, okay, episode seven's out, quick, have a look. <laughs> So
0: were you finding out the cameos, you know, obviously you got a couple like in real time?
1: Yes, we were we were Oh, and that we must have been so guessing. fun. Yeah. yeah. It was so fun. We were guessing. We were also sometimes throwing out like what if it was this but like could it be this person? Could it be this person? And I think they did a great job with that, especially because it was just such a challenge because it wasn't just about casting a a big star cameo. It's also about who's real life could maybe fit into the story you know like yeah. for example clement's posey's episode it's like you have to find an actress who has recently had a baby or could have recently had a baby oh. just
0: yeah because they really do pull from the real it's like real it's life. so great yeah. you know the blend exactly. between narrative and reality is it's yeah. that's why i love this show so much was, was it so much fun to shoot and work with so many amazing people
1: yeah, it really was. And and I think all the cameos did such a good job to just be so up for it. They were so game to kind of slightly poke fun at themselves and and be and be just wonderful uh people on set. And then in terms of the core core cast, um we had a we had a really great time. Most of it was all in the office. So we were always all kind of on that set together. And it, it really then does just feel like a real workplace environment because we could all see we could like I could be at reception as zoe but then watching their scene them doing their scene on that side of the office and yeah it was a really wonderful experience so i feel i think regardless of how it's received or how it's being received i, I don't really know but um i feel proud to be a part of it
0: well you should be you're 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 my favorite character in it and oh thank you I, it's like you're a proxy for myself and in my mind <laughs> and i feel for you so much and it's so great and you're so amazing and and uh you know, I'm just so proud of you because you got such a, such an amazing energy. You're so humble, and you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you're, you're you're very beautiful, and you're gonna go so far. And thank you. You know, I'm just like so excited for you. Can you can you give me a little bit of a clue about what? You know, I I, I don't. We can cut this if you can't talk about it, but we. No, I can. I think. Yeah, that you're you're in Vancouver right now doing a Netflix show.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And thank you so much for your, your kind words. So thank you so much for having me to talk to you. So please come
0: back. You know, I, 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 I would love to dig deeper when we have more time.
1: Absolutely. Um, so yeah, right now I'm in Vancouver working on a Netflix show called the night agent, funny, not call my agent, the night agent. And it's a very different energy. It's a political spy thriller, Based on a book actually by Matthew Quirk called The Night Agent.
0: Not, not the same one that Tom uh, Hiddleston did, The
1: Night Manager. Yeah, no, not The Night Manager. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, it's okay. funny. All the names are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Night agent, call my agent. Call my agent. A,
0: that's just going to be it. Ga- game <laughs> of Agents is next. Yeah, exactly. Just agents.
1: <laughs> um, yes, yeah. yeah, so the Night Agent, and I play a secret service uh, agent. So it's very fun, very different energy to Zoe in Ten Percent. Um, this character is very serious, very exacting. Kind of, her excellence is always what she's aiming for, and it's super fun. I'm getting to do kind of uh, firearms training and um, wear my sort of secret service suit. So I'm really excited about that. This should come out next year in 2023.
0: Oh well, you're gonna please come back when it does. And thank you. I'm I'm curious for you. You know, a few final questions before we wrap. You know, do you feel like now, I mean, I. you mentioned the UK has a lot of reckoning to do with with history and, and people of color. And do you feel the American marketplace, at least, is making inroads? And do you feel, you know, like you're getting things that you want to be doing that aren't, you know, I, I mean, I'll just be honest, like racist or, you know, mm-hmm. ignorant, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really do. And I think, um It's so wonderful to have all these opportunities and, and I think, you know, progress is, is slow and steady and there's always further to go, but I think we can all be compassionate that, that it takes time and all, and, and also that a lot of it is to do with, you know, the writing and what stories are being told. And I think, um, for me, definitely I have ambitions to also be behind the camera and, I, you know, I don't want to be the person that's just always complaining. It's like, okay, well, if you want to see something different, write it, and yeah. then you'll learn how hard it is to write a full script. <laughs> well, <laughs> you
0: know, next, next time you're in New York City, hit me up, and we'll write a script, and uh, you'll yeah. direct it.
1: Amazing, <laughs> <That's> amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, this was so much fun. Thank you for coming on. And just one final question that I ask every guest, and you know, we we touched on it a little bit, but if it's okay with you, and I I know it's a little bit heavy, but for all the actors listening, and I know you said you don't feel great about advice, but if you had to give people advice, you know, we just got out of a pandemic, World War Three, you know, it's it's a crazy time. You know, if you had any advice for people starting out now, what would it be?
1: Hmm, that's a great question. The, the, I think I'm sure I'll think of something else after we hang up. But the first, I'll go with the what first popped into my head, and I think it's probably because it's what I'm trying to work upon at the moment. Is um, I would say, cling to the joy and to the fun, and how much how much you enjoy acting. If you do enjoy acting, which I hope you do, because yeah. then otherwise you shouldn't be doing it. But if we cling to that fun, I think that's what get can get us through all the difficulty of the business and the industry and the rejection and the difficulty. If we keep moving. Th- towards how much we enjoy it and the play of it that will help and I think that's what I really tried I think that's why I enjoyed 10% so much it's because I went in there just trying to have as much fun as I could with the writing and yeah that's what I'm really trying to keep with me for now.
0: And there's even a a couple of funny like diversity jokes and in, in yeah exactly maybe I should cut that because I don't want to give anything away. No, so, I think oh, it's fine. Yeah, right. okay, 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 right. okay, cool.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: oh, this was incredible. You're so sweet and so kind, and you you're you're going so far, and I hope we get a chance to work together one day. And and Definitely when the awesome. Night Agent is coming out, please come back and, and let's you. break it down
1: yeah that would be awesome thank you so much for having me you're such a great interviewer
0: oh i I don't know about that but you know uh, we'll uh we'll we'll definitely have to you know chat over acting more one day because i feel like you have such so many great stories and and i really i'm just so excited
1: thank you thank you so much
0: all right so much love okay
1: so much love Bye.